This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions that teachers may face, and we give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Bob Bunn. Bob serves as an editor on our Explore the Bible team. He also leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible and really just brings lots of teaching experience and biblical knowledge to our conversation. So, Bob, thank you for being here. Always my pleasure. Thank you, Amber. Today we're looking at session six. We are about midway uh, through our study of the first 19 19 chapters of Genesis. So we are uh, in Genesis chapter six and also some some verses in chapter seven. So first I'll share uh, just our outline to give a brief overview of what is taking place in these verses. After that, uh, we will just jump into some questions that you may face uh, as you lead your group this week. Okay, the first part of our outline, we look at verses 13 through 17. We have named that judgment announced. In these verses, God announced to Noah that all flesh would be destroyed because of sin. He directed Noah to build a three-deck ark, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall. God restated that he would destroy all flesh on earth, and he would use a flood to do so. The second part uh, of our passage that we're studying, we've entitled Rescue Promised, and we are looking at verses 18 through 22. In these verses, God promised to establish a covenant with Noah, directing him to enter the ark along with his family. Noah was also told to make room for representatives of every kind of animal which God would cause to come to Noah. Noah was to place food on the ark for both his family and all the animals. And Noah did all that God directed him to do. Finally, we will look at verses 20 through 24. We've entitled that Judgment Executed. So after 40 days of rain, the earth was covered with floodwaters. All animals on the earth, including birds and humanity, died. Only Noah, his wife, his sons, their wives, and the animals on board the ark were spared, and the water covered the earth for 150 days. Our summary statement for the whole lesson today is this, judgment will come for all sins. So it's an important passage, and uh, I'm glad that we're getting an opportunity to take a look at this. Uh, let's just jump in with some questions. First, so Bob, how can we respond to someone who reads this passage and says God is harsh and unloving? Well, it'd be an easy assumption to make uh, when you kind of look uh-huh. at it from the outside looking in. Uh, my first response, honestly, and this might be a little bit of the flesh in me, I don't know, but my first response is, well, you know, God's never punished an innocent person. So, you know, mm, but that, that is true. There's a lot of theology, a lot of theological truth to that, but that kind of sounds kind of harsh in itself. So we, we won't quite say it that way. But the truth is that, you know, God wasn't harsh. He wasn't unloving uh, because a harsh and an unloving God would not have found Noah. A harsh and loving, uh, unloving God would not have picked a man and his family out and said, hey, destruction is coming. Here's how you avoid it. That's right. He wouldn't have given him all the details of the ark. Uh, he wouldn't have He wouldn't have spared the animals. He even showed mercy and grace in the, animal, in the lives of the animals. And, and an unloving God, a harsh God, an angry God like that, like we, people sometimes imagine him to be, he wouldn't have done any of that. He would have... 
especially when you figure this, even after the flood, there was still going to be sin because Noah was a sinful person. He was a sinful human being. This was not going to take care of the sin problem that started in Eden. For that to happen, God was going to have to literally wipe the entire slate clean, not just people, but plants and animals, because even the earth had been corrupted by sin. And so he was going to literally have to start from scratch and start all over again. Instead of doing that, even knowing that sin was still going to creep in and be ugly and do all the things that, that it's done over the, over the generations since the flood, even knowing that, God still show, showed mercy to Noah and his family. Another thing I think about is there's a passage in the New Testament in 2 Peter chapter 2 where the, Peter calls Noah. He's talking about different things, Old Testament images. He's using them to illustrate salvation. And what he says about Noah is that he was a preacher of righteousness. It's the phrase he uses. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, which makes me think that Noah probably spent time talking to other people about what God had told them. He had tried to share with them, this was God's message. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm building this ark. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I know you have no idea what rainfall is, but you, know, you certainly don't know what a flood is. But this is what God has told me. And, you know, if, 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 you'll, if you'll be a part of it, there's going to be plenty of room on the ark. There's you know, as many of you as want to come on. And I really do believe that, that God, God could have fit whoever he wanted to on the ark. As many people as, as would have come to him, they just didn't do it. And so, you know, even even the act of proclaiming the warning, the act of of, of explaining what was going to happen and and explaining the way out, that's an act of mercy. That's an act of grace. So when you think about it in terms of what God actually did through Noah and what we can kind of surmise that he did through his preaching to other people who rejected the message, then... The, the idea that God is harsh and unjust and angry and, you know, just vendetta, you know, had a vendetta or whatever, that just doesn't quite hold water as easily as you, as you might think it would on the surface. Thank you for that. That's a really good explanation. Uh, okay, so that leads us to our next question. What qualified Noah to be the one God chose to build the ark? Now, this is an interesting question because there's there's a couple ways you can look at it. Uh, first of all, Genesis 6-8 says that Noah found grace. Or found favor. That's the Christian Standard Bible says that he found favor with God. Uh, the word favor means grace, which is why it was kind of in my head there. And so mm -hmm. the grace, the idea of grace means acceptance. That something about Noah set him apart from everybody else. And I, you know, Second Corinthians or Second Chronicles, not Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles sixteen nineteen says that God's eyes move all across the earth, and he's he's looking to uphold mm -hmm. those who trust him who will follow him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here you get this image, you take those two ideas together and you get this idea of God scanning the earth and seeing nothing but blackness, <laughs> seeing nothing but wickedness, except for this one light uh, that happened to be Noah and his family. And so God responded to that light. Um, in, in Genesis 6, 9, right after he says that he found favor with God, he says that he was, he was a righteous man, that among all his contemporaries, he was blameless. Um, that in the middle of all this sin, all this chaos that overwhelmed the earth and was leading to its, its eventual destruction, here was one guy who was being faithful, who was doing what he was supposed mm -hmm. to be doing, who was honoring God to the best of his ability. Now, that's really not the answer to the question, though. That's the easy answer. That's sort of, that's where our mind goes mm -hmm. first. But really, we have to be honest about it and remember that 
that Noah was still a sinner. We mentioned this a minute ago. He was still broken. He was still, he still needed a savior. Uh, he, 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 he was fallen and he needed God's grace. And he couldn't save himself. He couldn't be good enough in his own strength any more than anybody else could be. So there was no way he could, he could earn just by being blameless or just by finding favor. He couldn't, he couldn't earn his salvation and he didn't. In my mind, the, what, really qualified, what really qualified Noah for this situation was that he realized how unqualified he was. Hmm. He completely surrendered himself to God and to God's plan. Um, he knew that God was his only hope. That's why he was so quick to obey, even when it didn't make sense. I mean, you can imagine. We forget sometimes that the context that Noah was living in, they hadn't seen rain. They hadn't certainly hadn't seen floods. They may not right. even know what a boat was, much less a huge ark like that. And mm-hmm. and when Noah says, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, God's told me to do this. And we're gonna take a bunch of animals," and they're like, "What? What's that about?" And it, it, it just makes no sense from a human perspective. <laughs> but Noah didn't question God. We don't have any record of him doing that. What we have a record of is him just jumping in with both feet and obeying when it didn't make sense. And in that case, he he joins a really great company of other biblical people. Right. Um, for instance, Abraham, we're going to study about Abraham here in the next few weeks. Uh, and, and even in the next, the next quarter, uh, you know, Abraham, Abraham moved when God said to move, even though it didn't make any sense. David took on a giant when everybody else said, are you crazy? This guy's huge. You know, you're, the armor doesn't fit. All you got is a slingshot, but David stepped forward and he trusted God and he obeyed Isaiah and Jeremiah, both God told them from the very start of their ministries, your ministries are going to flop. <laughs> you're going to preach and preach and preach and preach. Kind of like Noah. You're going to preach and preach and preach and preach and preach, and nobody's going to listen to you. You're not going to get a bunch of converts. This is not going. To, you're not going to build a mega church. This is not going to happen. And they, but they did it anyway. They gave exactly the messages that God told them to give. And then you think about, uh, we just came out of the Christmas season. You think about Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. How how much sense it did not make for her to have to deal with the things that she was going to have to deal with to be to be the Savior's mother. Uh, but, you know, all these people, all these folks, they were imperfect, yep. but they were they were obedient. And it, it just reminds us, it just reminds us that that's one of the great things about Noah, from Noah's story is that God doesn't care. Well, he cares, but he's, he's, he's willing to use imperfect people. He doesn't, he doesn't need you to be perfect. What he needs you to be is obedient. And if we do that, yes. then he can work with that and he'll, he will. Gosh, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's just a key reminder, I think, for us to understand how God chooses to work through his people. And Noah is a great example. You listed several other really good ones as well. But yeah, yeah. Well, that okay, so that, that leads nicely into question number three. So what are some arcs, and arcs being like in quotes, what are some arcs that God calls people to build today? Things that things or tasks that require obedience, even when it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's going to, it's going to be a different answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought about this question when I, when I was preparing for this, I thought it was a really cool question. I don't, I can't say for, you know, this person and this person, and this person, this is going to be your arc, or this is going to be your arc, or this is going to be your arc because everybody's going to, it's all going to be different because of our different circumstances and the fact that we're unique people. But here's one thing I, I would kind of give us a heads up on. My guess is that whatever art God tells you to build, 
it's going to touch on something that's really important to you. Hmm. It's going to cause you to really reevaluate something that you're holding very dear because it makes sense to us to hang on to what we treasure and an ark. When God calls us to build an ark, sometimes it means letting that go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. For instance, um, uh, this is a big general one that may or may not apply to everybody, but you know, maybe God tells you, you need to increase your giving at church, mm-hmm. you know, that you, that you, maybe you're tithing or giving a little bit above the tithe. And God says, I want you to multiply that by X. And you're looking at your budget and you're saying <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. How am I going to do that? Yeah. And God How says, would that work? Trust me? Yeah. And yeah. God's telling you, and God's saying, are you, are you going to trust me? Are you going to let me be your provider or are you going to, you know, continue to, to, to look to your boss or to whoever gives you the paycheck to be your provider. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you got to face that question. That's an arc that, that the people might deal with. There might be a relationship that maybe you're taking, you're, you're finding your identity or you're taking your security from that other person. It could be a spouse. It could be a friend. It could be a child. It could be whatever. But that person is what's defining your security mm-hmm. instead of God. And so God says, okay, the relationship's okay. I don't mind that so much, but the the amount of, of energy that you're focusing on that's not that not, not good. You, you need to build an arc there. Yeah. And you've got yeah. to figure out what that means. Uh, I'll give you a personal example. Before I started this job, before I came to Lifeway and started working with Explore the Bible, I had a different job. And, uh, you know, it, I liked it. It was fun. I liked what I did. I liked the people I worked with. But I started getting a sense that God was saying, it's time for you to go. And this was this was right on the verge of the pandemic. Oh my goodness! This was in early yeah. twenty. This was yeah. This was in early twenty twenty, uh, right right as it was starting to get kicked off. Right as all the you know p- people had quit hiring other people and there were job freezes and you know and I really didn't have another plan in place. And but God was saying, I think it's time for you to go. And the more I thought about it, the more I prayed about it, the more I sought wise counsel from people I trusted. Um, you know that the more God said, it's time to go. It's time for mm-hmm. you to move. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talked to my bosses there and they understood. And, you know, they, so I stepped out with no place to land in the middle of a pandemic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it didn't make any <laughs> sense. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, but God took care of it. God, God was with us every step of the way. And, and, uh, it was it, it's just an amazing part of my life because now I can look back on that and say, man, I can almost trust God for anything if I trusted him to do that. Oh, of course. Um, and that's really what that's really what one of the key things about an ark is. <laughs> it mm-hmm. becomes a memorial that you can look back on and say, wow, yeah, if I trusted God then, He's definitely going to take care of this. Yeah, that he means, is. that's no, no comparison. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so good, and we are certainly the beneficiaries of you stepping out on faith uh, because it led you uh, to. to to Lifeway and to be on our team. And so, gosh, I, I am personally thankful for that, but I, I can only kind of imagine uh, how challenging that might've been at the time, especially given the pandemic and what was happening. That was, it was just an unprecedented time. So, uh, okay. So here's our, our final question. Obviously this all was taking place because uh, the Lord saw all the sin uh, that had been happening and, and it was a judgment. So here's our question to discuss. How can we become more sensitive to God's warnings about judgment today? I saw this question and my mind immediately went back to something that happened recently. Okay. 
last summer, my wife and I took a weekend off and we would travel to another city in another state to go to a concert, somebody we really wanted to see. It was a Christian concert and somebody we really wanted to go see. And we've been trying to figure out how to go see this person for a long, long time. And so we parked the car, went to dinner at someplace near the venue. And then as we were walking back to the venue for the concert, in the time that we had gone, there was a guy on the street corner setting up shop with a bullhorn. And, you know, you know what, you know what that's like, you know, I, 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 we both live here in middle Tennessee. I live in Nashville. You can see them anytime you go to a Tennessee Titans game. You can go, I mean, they're always there and they're always talking about, in this case, he was, he was really yelling, yelling, I say yelling through a bullhorn at, at anybody who would listen or or would even confront him, but mostly at people who are going to this Christian concert. (laughs) <laughs> about how evil they were and how sinful they oh, were. Oh, okay. You know, they wow. Yeah, I mean, it was just really, really bizarre. And so, you know, it just, it broke my heart um, when I think about that. And the reason I share that is because I think that's a cautionary tale when we start talking about judgment and proclaiming God's judgment. Right. Because that's a focus on God's judgment or a method of focusing on God's judgment that I see nowhere else in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't see it there. I Um, what I see is anger instead of love. Mm -hmm. What I see there is, is arrogance instead of humility. You mean when you look (laughs) at the street preacher, you see the, okay. Yes. Yes. At least in this kind of situation. And really most of the time I've encountered people like that. These are the kind of characteristics that I see is, you know, this is an emphasis on, on anger. and and arrogance and my way is the only way and you're going to hell unless you believe exactly the way I believe and you know I I say that I believe God judges people yeah and I believe he gives us warning for judging when when the judgment's going to come I just don't know if he does it like that Uh, I think there are other ways and when I look at scripture especially when I look at the life of Jesus I see different ways that he judged that that he issued warnings and that he he let people know that that problems were coming you know I think about his scripture, his word, you know, that's, that's everything that we need for life is right there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all the warnings that we need. And if we're obeying his word, we'll never have to worry about facing judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul said in Romans that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we're, if we're his kid and we're living his way, we're not going to have to worry about condemnation. We're going to have to worry about judgment. We just need to follow through on what we know. I think about mentors. I think about People who give me good wisdom, give me good advice, who speak into my life, and they and they see things that I don't see. They see the chinks in the armor sometimes that I don't see, and they can warn me about that. I believe God speaks through that. I believe God speaks through other spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting and fellowship with the local church. I believe that God speaks through those things. And if we're willing to listen to those, then I think we'll hear what he has to say to us mm-hmm. because it'll be plain. It'll be clear. Uh, God is not... I had, I had a boss one time, and was one of his catchphrases was to be. Uh, it's unkind to be unclear, mm-hmm. and so uh, he always said, "You're you're going to know exactly what I'm thinking because I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm thinking, and and you know I'm going to be honest with you." And I think God operates the same way. He's not trying to be a mystery, uh, a mystery deity. He's not trying to to hide something and, and make play a, a cosmic game of hide and seek. He wants you to know exactly what he expects of you, and he tells you expect exactly what he expects of you. And so if we pay attention to these, these tools that he's given us, we're going to understand and we'll be able to face the judgment and avoid the judgment. And, and if we're doing what's right, that's great. And if we're not, he's going to show us how to get back on the right path. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's just the kind of God he is. And I'm thankful for that. Yes. Oh, goodness. Me too. Yes. That's helpful. Thank you.
Uh, so each week we also bring um, some attention to either like a pack item, the Bible skill, the key doctrine, something that could be helpful to you as the leader as you prepare to, to lead this study this weekend. And so the key doctrine this week is salvation. Uh, all that means is we're going to explain one of the teachings that we find in Scripture, and, and this week that teaching is is on salvation. And the teaching is that there's no salvation apart from personal faith in Jesus. Uh, and so that is found in this passage, and and um, not not that well, I guess that that idea is found in this passage, not that um, specific. Uh, phrase and wording exactly like that. I'm sorry, I wasn't really clear there. Uh, but there's no salvation apart from from Christ. He is our He is our way to to know the Father. Uh, he is He is our way to know faith and freedom uh, from our sins. So that is a good one to spend just a little time in your in your discussion this week with your Bible study group. Uh, from time to time on the podcast, we mention different resources in the Explore the Bible family. The Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary, and Quick Source are just a few. And you can find out more about all of the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. Bob, thank you for being here today. Absolutely a joy. I love doing this, and I appreciate your invitation. Of course. You, you do a great job. Uh, next week, we will discuss parts of Genesis chapter 8 with Tim Pollard. Tim is the team leader for Explore the Bible Kids, and he is just always insightful. We would love for you to join us for that. <music>